Welcome, one and all, to your Falcon and the Winter Soldier podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Coming up on our left in just three days... And we'll be with you till the end of the line is Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. Absolutely excited to finally be able to talk about it. Matt, it feels so long since we've had a Marvel Studios Disney Plus show to podcast. Well, now, Pete, to be fair, we just uh, we just put the WandaVision podcast to bed. Uh, in fact, Pete, you know, we recorded our last full-length episode last week. Uh, secretly, we just recorded one more little bit that'll hit that feed uh, after you hear this at some point, dear listener. But uh, yes, we're in this interesting position where now, finally, this Friday, we get to watch the first produced uh, Marvel Disney Plus TV show. Uh, this, of course, having been delayed by COVID and delayed more so than WandaVision was. Um, this also a show, Pete, that got... Its first season, uh, its first season was previewed at not one but two consecutive Super Bowls. So interest in it uh, definitely overfloweth. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see as we go through the six episode run here, coming off a nine episode run, shorter run times with WandaVision. Um, how that distinction of this being the first one into production. They had to take the break. They were filming in Prague when the lockdown started to spread around the globe because of COVID-19. And now here we are nearly a year later, uh, and this is going to hit our screens on Disney+. Plus. I've been fortunate enough to see the first episode. I'm not allowed to mention specific things at this point, but I can tell you it is a rollicking good ride. And uh, yeah, I just really am so excited here to be talking about this with our listeners over the next six weeks. You mentioned the Falcon and the Winter Soldier having uh, longer run times than WandaVision. I did see it uh, reported in the New York Times and then re-reported by other uh, outlets how it's going to be in the 45 to 55 minute range. And I have to admit, Pete, uh, as as somebody who has uh, suffered the slings and arrows of WandaVision run times, it did cross my mind um, uh ship of theseus style that these episodes could be simultaneously about 45 minutes long and about 55 minutes long insofar as you could have an episode that is 37 minutes of content but is 45 minutes long with these seven or eight minutes of credits you also simultaneously could have an episode that is um 47 minutes long of content and end up being 55 minutes total with commercial time I suppose, too, by that definition, you might have 55 minutes of content and something that would appear when you click on it to be over an hour long. So whatever the length is, I'd say as soon as we all click on Friday morning, uh, maybe not all at 3 a.m. Eastern, let's not uh, jam up Disney Plus as it was uh, for for uh, uh, the last couple episodes of WandaVision. But whenever it is that you click on it. If nothing else, Pete, my kind of a uh, little bit of joking aside, just make sure that right off the top you subtract about seven minutes at the end for uh, for the lengthy credits, the well-earned credits. Um, but do be aware that, you know, oh, man, it's going to be 
48 minutes long. That's eh, more like 41 and then subtract the Marvel Studios thing and previously on. And that's when you get to the real content. I mean, I'll say up front, I don't think anybody felt cheated with what we got with WandaVision in terms of the overall runtime. But that being said, uh, you know, now that Thanos is out of the way and we're looking ahead to the next big bad, you know, will it be Galactus? Will it be, you know, Doctor Doom? Who who are all our Avengers and Guardians and, you know, Eternals, uh, you know, teams we haven't even met yet going to team up against? I'm going to propose that the phase four, five, six villain is going to be the seven minute uh, credit sequence of uh, Disney plus Marvel studio shows. <laughs> uh, look, I think that it, it was only surprising in the first WandaVision episode. Then you kind of said, Oh, okay. I get it. There's all, there's all these people need to be credited because of the there's a movie oh. full of people that did nine episodes that they credit you know, both in every episode and, and overall. So again, you, you forgive it, but yeah, it, it is the cruelest stroke to see the number and then you got to do the mental math of that's what it is. But like I said, having seen this first one runtime, definitely there. Okay. More along the lines of what you would consider a traditional, um, you know, hour long, if you put in the commercials there, much like WandaVision, if you looked at that as a sitcom and, you know, you were watching it over a network, you were going to get 22 minutes. Um, so if you set your mind with those expectations and remember too, that, you know, at least scan through the credits because a couple of people missed when they finally started with that uh, seventh episode to integrate post-credit sequences, to make sure that you do that. So, uh, yeah, and you, you'll you get all of it. But but we're getting more of it. It could be more of a drought. The way this has worked out, uh, they backed Loki up just ever so slightly into June, probably to accommodate uh, a theatrical and possibly streaming run for uh, Black Widow. But boom, Matt, here we are, and we're warming up a couple days out. Two weeks ago, we had um, when WandaVision's run was ending up, we had the first two Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, Marvel Legends hit. And then this past weekend, they added to that Zemo and Sharon Carter. And I think the Zemo and the Sharon Carter ones were were valuable to watch. Mm -hmm. I think that even diehard MCU fans so much time has gone by maybe since the first time you saw that movie where when you watch it now, if you watch it the, the, the fifth time, you know, if you watch. Uh, Hard you to know. believe it's five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you watch, let's say, Civil War, you know, you know all the highs, you know all the lows. And if it's your third, fourth, fifth time watching it, nobody's going to uh, discredit you if you're folding the socks or checking your email or whatever. So it's something like. Um, what at the time was probably a pretty big dangling string. Oh my goodness, Sharon Carter, she's gotten she's gotten them the gear. Oh, you could get in trouble for this. Well, I'm you know she kind of shrugs, insinuating I'm prepared for that. All right, well in those past five years, nothing's been brought up with that. I think that 
prior to hearing about this show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or Sharon Carter's inclusion in it, you kind of go, all right, well, she's prepared to get in trouble for it, but she's not the main focus, so I kind of, I don't care. But the notion that you watch this legend thing and go, oh, I'd forgotten about that detail. Hey, that's a detail they can pick up on, because here she is. You know, uh, Pete, I have not seen the first episode. You know, there she is in the first episode. I'm, I'm imagining, oh, she's working desk duty because she still is in trouble or she still has kept a connection with that. You know, whatever it is, that's a perfect tee up to pick up, even though it's been five years. Yeah. And, you know, between Helmet Zemo and Sharon Carter, and it's amazing too, the interconnectivity amongst this particular cast i mean all right wanda vision a couple okay uh bringing monica rambeau into that bringing back darcy um lewis and then obviously jimmy woo but not a ton of connectivity past those first two characters and then when you look at the four all integrated here as the legends obviously the titular characters okay uh, Sam Wilson, and then with uh, James Bucky Buchanan here, the the one stretching back the furthest all the way to the original Captain America movie, their association, and then with Civil War and bringing in Sharon and uh, Zemo and that close association between the four of them. Um, I mean, picking favorite movies within the MCU, I think is... Uh, difficult and everybody's got their favorite and it's also dangerous business as well. Uh, you know, you, you see like somebody throw a Thor two up there as their number one and you're immediately judgy uh, and, and vice versa. But, you know, Captain America civil war, you know, I remember as they were leading up to that and the way they approached it was this is an Avengers light movie. So what has that done? That has given us these two other characters. And with Sharon, somebody connected to the legacy of Peggy Carter, you know, Matt, new listeners might not know or remember that there was an Agent Carter TV show for two seasons on ABC that we podcast that came on the heels of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back in the Halcyon days of Marvel TV, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and now Agent Carter. You know, we're at New York Comic Con, and boom, here's the Agent Carter uh, pilot they're showing us. And, you know, now we've got uh, her her niece here who's going to hold her own uh, as the only, you know, build above the uh, the fold here. Uh, female cast member of this show add to that pete the the marathon that has been the marketing for this show again no no fault uh meant to be intended there of course two super bowls ago this was on track for uh, an august or september 2020 release and then for (laughs) for reasons that uh that that makes sense it gets pushed back and whatnot um i think in the interim the the um buddy comedy aspect uh between falcon and the winter soldier that that was keyed up more and more in the marketing and that certainly looks fun and that's wonderful in the back of my head though i was saying i don't know my expectation at the end of endgame when i knew there was going to be this show i i'm all but sure that it was announced at that point 
um, was I'm ready to go on to a journey to see what it's like for Sam Wilson uh, as an Avenger, as an African-American, as a veteran uh, to take up the mantle of uh, of Captain America. I think this is an appropriate journey to take over the course of episodic television as opposed to da, 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 we did it off screen or ah, we're going to do it in a two hour movie while also working in, you know, more buddy comedy yucks and also working in fight this person and go do that CGI battle. And maybe at the end, there'll be a CGI light beam to go all the way up to the, to the clouds. Um, and I kind of had said, I feel like we've lost some of that, at least in the marketing and my expectation. Uh, I guess my expectations are following the marketing, so on and so forth. This final trailer though, I think, yes, it kept the fun stuff. Yes. It kept the, the, the high flying action and all of that, but I think it served as a reminder Hey, be prepared for the strong possibility that Sam Wilson is Captain America by the end of this season. Um, I, I like that they're not necessarily promising that because it gives us some dramatic uh, tension. And, and I do have to wonder, like, maybe they said, well, we could do it in the season one or we could do it in season two. Let's, you know, let's double down and things like that. But to me, it's kind of refocused, not just, you know, guys with muscles fly around with CGI effects and look great and have fun and tell jokes. There's a real journey that I'm expecting out of these six episodes and one that extends outside the boundaries of a comic book or the widescreen of a Marvel Studios production and so forth. Well, look, they chose to call it Falcon and the Winter Soldier and not Captain um, but I, I think that's the trajectory, you know, those who read the comics know that at one point, uh, Sam wields the shield as Captain America. Those who also read the comics know that at points, Bucky has wielded the shield as well. And I think in the marketing, it still seems very much like it could go either way. All you need to do is watch the end of Endgame and, you know, done so well in these Cliff Notes style, uh, you know, Legends bites to remind you, you know, here's the the path that the character has been on to have uh, Steve Rogers, you know, hand the shield over to uh, Sam um, and to be able to take on that mantle. Ultimately, we know that WandaVision, at least right now, and probably the way that it was conceived, no second season. It's not that those characters couldn't come back either, uh, you know, for another season or will spin into other shows or and or movies. However, you know, who's to say that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and, and I think this is one that is constructed that potentially could go more than one season, couldn't become Captain and the Winter Soldier, or Falcon and the Captain Soldier, or Soldier Captain Falcon Man <laughs> and Sharon. Or maybe, you know, Sharon just takes the shield and, and you know, she becomes Captain America. But, you know, they're, they're playing around with it. And you think of the way that these two characters have interacted. You know, for me, it's... Uh, the the back of the Volkswagen bug in in Germany when Cap's meeting with Sharon and you know they're watching uh, and they're they're uh, you know being jerks to one another over the space in the tiny car and then watching uh, Sharon kiss Cap and then you know fighting uh, Spidey 
in uh, the, the big battle at the airport and the way they love to get on each other's nerves. And the thing that unites them as well, you know, whereas Wanda and Vision were separated, um, not only, you know, by the snap, but in terms of what happened after that, both Sam and Bucky disappeared in the snap. And that's going to be part of the exploration. You don't just come back from that and obviously the events of Endgame and suddenly everything's hunky-dory. Um, that's got to kind of emotionally settle there. Yeah, and I think I, I think I understand that the marketing is going to be out front with the most um, summer movie Marvel stuff mm-hmm. that it can be, particularly in a year without uh, a Marvel movie uh, and all of that. Again, in this weird kind of conundrum, we were meant to see this first and for it to be very familiar, then see WandaVision and go, I don't know, there's a weird stuff, and, and to stick with it based on the strength of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That said, for this show, I mean, my expectations are very high that it's going to be more than the fun that we have seen in the preview and more than the bone-crunching action and things of that sort. I hope they can work in some of that commentary. Heck, Pete, they have suggested as much. They've suggested seeing some of the events in this country in the last three months. And right. they've said, you know, not that not that they scripted something like that beat for beat, but that these are sentiments that the show has explored as well. We'll see to what effect. I think that, you know, as we discussed on our on our WandaVision podcast, it it that show dipped into explorations of things that previously are, are, are not in the comic book genre, you know, talking about, uh, you know, a more female perspective and uh, views of, of motherhood and things of that sort. Did it pull that off 110% at the end with a profound answer? No, it had profound questions and then ended with the CGI battle where a light beam shoots up. Okay. That's, you know, b- better to have better to have asked the questions than not to have asked them at all. Um, yeah, I'm that expecting... really wasn't going to get into a real world discussion of issues like robots and grief. Am I right? I mean, well, it was meditative. <laughs> I, listen, I think it took it to a point and then, you know, it's not a criticism against WandaVision to say at the oh, end no. of the day, they erred on the side of you know, fun, wide audience. I mean, you know, there, there were, there were heartbreaking moments in the finale. Please don't misunderstand me, but that, that, you know, this wasn't going to be some sort of, you know, HBO burn down the house kind of thing where you go, Oh my goodness. And this is what, this is what it was like with the drugs in New York city in the 1970s. It's just terrible tragedy. The end, you know, there's going to be that, that, that comic bounce at the end. Um, and I expect all of that, I expect all that positivity from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I just hope that along the way, you know, let's let me put it this way, Pete. A lot of these conflicts can be defined by the villain. Zemo, I think, stands alone in the MCU uh, in terms of kind of the, the created villains. Zemo is this small, insignificant guy who, for the best of reasons, becomes a villain, right? He is rendered powerless by uh over eager heroes or quote unquote heroes as he you know he might view it with the quotes on and loses his family as a result and then says i need to stand up i need to stop this um 
only a little guy like me can make this happen and i can only make a difference if i stand up in my own way to bring them to chaos my goodness pete as i described this this sounds awfully familiar to real world events taking place in january um but anyhow to stick squarely in the mcu i can feel sympathy for zemo as shown in civil war um and I mean, the show, the, the movie does just such a masterful job where you don't know why he's on the phone. Then he's on the phone talking to his wife. And then finally the reveal, no, 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 this is the the final voicemail. And this is a broken man who's been holding Shades things together. Nine eleven. Oh, 100%, 100%. What I think is so interesting, uh, interesting for Falcon and the Winter Soldier is clearly he now is taking it to the next level. Clearly he's going to be more um push to the extreme and that's going to be the source of our villainy and that unfortunately is going to be super timely you do the comic aspect which was missing for the reasons they chose to omit it in uh civil war of not having the iconic purple mask okay you make it more of the the grounded real world. If anything, it was a page out of like the, um, the Christopher Nolan Batman films where it was a little bit more grounded, you know, back before we got Bane, there were all sorts of rumors. Will we get the Riddler? Will he be like a, a code breaker instead of, you know, dress in a green suit and send gigantic envelopes that, that pop open. Okay, so here you get Helmut Zemo, who's this Sokovian intelligence officer who, you know what, for his debut appearance, no, he doesn't have the purple mask, but he splits the Avengers. He gets them to shatter prior to the events of uh, the, the first of the Infinity duology. So you get that. Then, uh, you know, on top of his formidability, is the vulnerability here and that T'Challa, that the Black Panther prevents him from taking his own life, that he's put into incarceration, okay? And we haven't seen him since. So how's he get out? Did he turn to dust? What goes on there? And now, yeah, we all know the line from the trailer, you know, heroes can't be allowed to exist. Well, we're coming off a situation where the heroes just save the day with uh, Avengers Endgame. So how would you be able to take that argument, his thesis, and now donning that iconic purple mask and everything that's going to go on there? I'm fascinated to see how that's going to unfold. And this is a villain who has really cemented his place with that movie. And now he gets to have a series to be able to do this. Yeah, in a certain sense, Zemo is the second most successful uh, MCU villain after Thanos and Thanos had all this, you know, training and technology and the children of Thanos and all this, you know, um, you know, heck all this heraldry, like, you know, we first saw him at the end of the first Avengers movie and all of that uh, for Zemo to have been the next most successful baddie uh, is saying something out of all these 20 plus films. And I don't know, Pete, I just feel like from what I've seen in, the the in the final preview along i know in the last week there were some exclusive clips released to uh exclusively to uh anthony mackie's uh instagram as well as uh on youtube and twitter and facebook because you know pete 
exclusive means yeah. everywhere. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> what I've seen of this show, which is less than what you've seen, I mean, I just feel like the recipe is there. Let's hope that in the extra downtime where they had 85% of the show filmed, that they were editing the heck out of it and saying, you know what, when we resume, we're going to get this, we're going to get that, we're going we're gonna to really perfect this and just take this recipe to an amazing ride for six episodes and hopefully more beyond that. Not this season, not secret episode seven, uh, but just, you know, th- this first season of six episodes and beyond. Yeah. And, you know, just a, a note on Sharon here, continuing the the thread, you know, we meet her for the first time in the Winter Soldier movie. Okay. And then to pick her back up with um, Civil War, with the loss of Peggy, the idea of her story now being able to continue. I mean, Matt, for longtime Fantastic Geek listeners, and to look at the, uh, the way that the legends are packaged, that she has the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. logo over hers, okay? Though there's all this discussion, and you're talking about a couple guys who podcast seven seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the reason that Fantastic Geek initially existed, um, to carry that over and for her as the niece of Peggy Carter, uh, starting with the SSR, okay, uh, to be able to do that, I think is fairly special. Again, as you know, the the top woman build on the show, and certainly with uh, Emily Van Camp, you know, uh, if it's Revenge or the other stuff she's worked on, and then to get two uh, roles, you know, first Agent Thirteen, right back when in uh, in um, Winter Soldier, and now to be able to survive what happened with Shield and Hydra to go off on her own and then to pop back up here five years since we last saw her, I think is, is very important. And you bring up the, the buddy comedy aspect. I think we should be repaired, prepared for a romantic aspect to this, not because she's the girl and the girl needs to have a guy, but you know, the, the latest trailer shows uh, Bucky hitting on uh, Sam's sister Okay, and hey, don't do that. Uh, Well, the idea here that there's this other lady out there and will there be some chemistry? Cap's kind of, uh, you know, spoken for at this point, Uh, even though um, Peggy has passed away and, you know, he lived that separate life as a result of bringing back all the Infinity Stones. Um, But the the trio of our heroes here uh as their build i think the chemistry there is very very important and don't sleep on the interaction between the three of them well looking ahead to when we will be podcasting the show uh for listeners of the wandavision podcast can be a very simple switch here scarlet sundays becoming winter soldier sundays (laughs) um so We'll be, uh, you know, we'll be doing what we've done in the past day that the show airs on Fridays. Uh, be putting a poll up on Twitter. You can start to share info uh, certainly before the poll goes up. But that that poll tends to be the place where it's kind of one stop shopping in terms of keeping things organized and pulling some of the fan reactions from. Um, 
and uh, you know, recording it usually it's Sunday mornings. So if you have some sort of uh, I don't know multi-layer theory to get in that you need to need to work out in bullet points or something like that. Probably if it's by the end of the day on Saturday, uh, wherever you are, if you're getting that feedback in, whether it's on Twitter, on our you know fantasticgeek at gmail.com, on the Facebook, whatever it is, that's probably gonna the that's listener gonna line, up. Matt. We don't mention it enough. We don't. There is the listener line, 732-707-1815. You can leave a message for up to three minutes there, or if you have a lot to say, just I don't know. I guess leave more than one message. Um, and uh, we certainly welcome all that feedback, Pete. So with the wealth of Disney Plus Marvel Studios shows coming, coming off WandaVision, we're going to start a a little game in our final preview here that we will repeat in all the final previews when we get to Loki, when we get to Ms. Marvel, when we get to Hawkeye, okay, and right on down the line. And that is going to be, and we're going to open it up to you, hit us up through those contacts, and we'll repeat them again in a moment. But we want you to predict the post-credits heading into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What will we see? Now, Pete, just so I'm clear, just so the listeners are clear, it's theoretically any episode's post-credit scene. I think we're leaning towards episode six, but it theoretically could be any surprise zinger at the end of any episode, right? What are we going to see? We got uh, four total with WandaVision. We had, you know, three in the final three episodes and you got doubled up in the second there. Okay. What kind of appearances, cameos, surprises, nods will we get in these? What do you got, Matt? I feel like it's tough. And this is where we can get some, benefit from the WandaVision experience uh, if indeed we are meant to benefit from that, which to stay on that tangent for a moment, we had wondered in the WandaVision podcast is some of the, uh, certainly it's highly connected, but is, is the fact that everyone and anyone does not cameo in that show uh, is that because that's the Marvel Studios TV show flavor? Like, let it stand up on its own, which ended up being the answer. They wanted, they wanted the show to stand on its own two feet. Um, not have Doctor Strange save the day or something like that. Um, we also had wondered, is WandaVision holding off on some of that stuff? Because as produced, you were meant to be like, oh my goodness, Falcon and the Winter Soldier had, you know, like three people show up and wow, that's incredible. Uh, and then we're just, we're going to hold back for the next show and that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to think that maybe the show's are holding back a little bit from that stuff. So it's not about the cameo as much as it is about the episode itself. I look at the schedule, Pete, there's not going to be a handoff from Falcon to the next movie, which is black widow. That movie takes place after. It's not. Well, I don't listen. I don't think there will be because the, because the black widow movie takes place much earlier in the timeline. However, I have heard and I don't want to spoil, um, but I have heard, pretty pretty confidently pete that somebody from the black widow movie will be in a marvel disney plus series before the end of the year so could it hand off to that especially since that person might be filmed might have only started filming uh their presence in one of the later shows since september so i'll say that you know what pete i'm gonna i've I've talked myself into it i'm going to say (laughs) Someone from the Black Widow movie will show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier to hand off, not, I mean, to hand off 
kind of by accident, kind of by purpose to Black Widow, but also to hand off to something later this fall. Well, we will see if uh, she shows up. I'm going to make the prediction, Matt, and I, I think there's a lot of evidence to, to make it stand up. Uh, so Falcon, Winter Soldier, Sam, Bucky, when they come and they help cap out in Germany, the character they wind up interacting with is Spider-Man. So I'm going to make the prediction that at some point, Peter Parker, towards the end of this series, makes an appearance. I want to disagree because of the historic quasi-acrimony between Disney and Sony. But this is also, to be fair, the same Sony that in the old deal was like, sure, Spider-Man, three Spider-Man movies, and Spider-Man shows up three other times in other movies, like, which in retrospect, I mean, can you imagine Endgame without Spider-Man? Can you imagine uh, Civil War without Spider-Man and so yeah. forth? And that was what, you know, there was so much buzz about, yes, the Avengers against Avengers, but the thing that threw that over the top in the super early marketing was the scene of Spidey showing up and people were suddenly like oh my god this is this is real this is happening okay and the idea that handing off to a movie in december uh that they could in some way incorporate that i i think is really really promising yeah and and things are better than ever you know in the last what 18 months or so that's when marvel and disney kind of came to a new understanding about their partnership and Disney's getting some more money out of it. Uh, and I dare say Sony's getting, you know, kind of more creative oomph and, you know, perhaps it's a bit less tangible there, but uh, Sony will benefit from the longer term partnership. So maybe part of that deal was fine. And two episodes of one of your streaming things. And if one day we're going to have a streaming thing, maybe, and it'll be competition. But until then, you know, let's all bathe in caviar and all that. <laughs> um, that's Pete, that's a bold, that is a bold prediction. If you are right, let it be known that, uh, that today, March 16th, 2021, you, you aim for the fences and you called it Babe Ruth style. It'll, it'll be saved for posterity. Matt, prior to giving our contacts here, just going to get into a little bit of uh, listener feedback. Uh, even though we're still a couple days out from the premiere, people are talking about what to expect from the show, what to expect from us. So over to Apple Podcasts, where Dr. Steve T leaves a five-star review that says, can we say Falcon? And he spells it with a PH, Matt, like Fantastic Geek, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Another great podcast in the stable from Fantastic Geek. They recap and review each episode as well as theorize about what's next. Great for casual fans and diehards alike. Well, thank you, thank you, and we do pride ourselves as being open and accessible to all our listeners, so uh, the fact that's hitting home is very appreciated. Long-time Fantastic Geek listener and fan with the PH084 writes, Let's go, five stars, and it reads, I've been a little worried that people are expecting a drop-off in quality, complexity, and thought provocation from the superb WandaVision to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Meanwhile, in addition to some fun buddy cop tones, I'm fully expecting to see a continued exploration of how the world deals with half its population returning. 
plus a mirror being held up to society to explore the systematic racism that is sure to provide the main hurdle for Steve Rogers' intended successor. And with all that comes the incredible dissection and examination that Matt and Pete bring to every single MCU movie slash episode. I'm very, very excited for this show and for Fantastic Geeks coverage of it. Excelsior! Well, thank you, 084, and I think you get to the heart of it when it comes to where this show can can explore some real-world topics. I think that, you know, MCU Phase 1, it was a happy place where the worst things to worry about were this Thanos guy. And as uh, as Marvel HQ got, got uh, separated from Marvel Studios, and as Kevin Feige had a little bit more of a, a broader vision, the ability to say... Hey, look, there's no problems because in Wakanda, there's no problems, right, man? They're all great. Hey, gender problem? What? Captain Marvel, like, totally one of the one of the, the people flying around there. There's no equality problem except when she goes back to old Earth in, in the 1990s. That's all been well and good. We have the potential for an African-American Captain America by the end of this show. Let's put some real story roadblocks to that i'm not saying to stop the progress of course i'm saying let's explore that in an authentic way not say oh no it's the zip zops from planet blue blarg and they're here to stop it right when we could have had a discussion about it no let's have some of that discussion along with bone crunching action and flying through the canyons and you know uh the the masked folks if if we can imagine such a threat pete um l- l- let's do this for real the time has come you have six episodes not this is the one movie that we're working on for four years and it's going to come out and it's got to do well on the opening weekend. And if people, if there's bad buzz and rotten tomatoes and if there's an internet, blah, 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 let, let's go do this for real. Let's do it and, and let's make a better show as a result of it. And that's just the thing with these, uh, as opposed to the movies, you give underserved characters that may not carry their own movie just yet even more of a space uh, so it's not a slight anymore. Uh, you, you got a TV show as opposed to a feature film. Uh, and when you consider the now over 100 million subscribers to Disney plus back when we started Mandalorian season one, there were 7 million subscribers. So the amount of sheer growth there and exposure you're talking about, uh, speaks to it. Just one more review here, Matt, from Apple Podcast. Johnny Depp fan number 23 writes, so excited, five stars. Uh, I just discovered this amazing podcast, and I immediately loved it. These podcasters definitely know so much about the Marvel Universe, and I, being a longtime Marvel fan with the PH, Matt, get so invested in the conversations to the point where I talk back to them as though I was actually talking to them. All of their updates about the show makes me even more excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Once again, this is an amazing podcast. Well, we love having the conversation on the podcast. We love interacting with the listeners, uh, including their voice as well. So uh, as was said earlier, let's go. Let's do this. I can't wait to dive on in. Pete, status update. Is it Friday? Not yet, but it's coming, Matt. And how can people be in touch with us to give either their post-credit predictions, lock them in now, okay, 
or just thoughts about the series in general? Well, uh, Pete, we'll start with you because if we don't, then our uh, then our normal routine will get ruined and something will get forgotten. So let's start with you. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K T L A R K E T E L A A R eleven thousand eight hundred seventy followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter. Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word, with the P, with the H, like it today. Well, Pete, as mentioned before, we will be back on the next Winter Soldier Sunday, which is this Sunday, March 21st, uh, to dive on into the super long-weighted episode, premiere episode for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But for now, Pete... I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you soon. Bye.